Good morning, good morning, good morning. Come on, can we put our hands together and worship God in this place today? Is it all right if we just magnify the name of the Lord? Has God been good to you throughout this week? Did he do something special for you this week? If God's been great to you, can we just bless the name of the Lord and the house of the Lord? For we are so glad to be able to come before you on this beautiful Sabbath day. We just want to take this opportunity to say welcome to you who are viewing um, this service today. Um, This is our EAY Federation. So we just want to let you who are viewing at home that you're not in the wrong place, that you're still at the top. Come on, somebody. That you're still at Tabernacle of Praise. But this is a day that we have dedicated to our EAY Federation where we will be celebrating our youth and so we just want to say welcome we thank you for joining in go ahead and share with your family and friends that we are in the house at this time we're going to turn it over to our praise team Man, what a warm welcome. What a warm welcome. But y'all still sitting there a little still. It's time for praise and worship. And praise and worship is just not a sound, but it's a movement. So we want you all to stand on your feet and participate in this praise and worship time. This song says, Lord, you are good. It says that from every nation, every kindred, every tongue, every people, we will bow and worship you because you are a good God. And I know that we experience the goodness of God every day, even through these last couple of years, because we're here in our right mind. We're here in good health. We're here in good spirits. And that's simply because God, you are good. So we want you to sing with us and give God your best praise on this morning. Oh, 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 oh,
scripture says with loving kindness have I drawn you and sometimes we need to experience that type of reckless love that says despite what you say despite what you give despite how you serve despite how you live my love is going to continually pursue you and draw you back to me and that's what makes God's love reckless so our worship to him today is God we stand here ready to receive in all of we are and all of that we're not your reckless love, God. We thank you.
spoke a word, you were breathing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it changes me down, fights till I'm found. He'll leave the 99, and I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, your love is reckless for me. When I was your foe, when I was your still your love fought for me. You've been so, so good. so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all. You paid it all for me. You've been so, so kind. Because as deep it says, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. He's been good, 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 good. When I felt no worth, you paid it all. You paid it all for me.
You're great, you're mighty, and your love pursues us. So we ask God now that as we open up our hearts and our minds, that we will bear all so that in these moments of transparency, you can rebuild us from inside out. Amen. Good morning, happy Sabbath, everyone. Oh, I think I should hear a little bit better uh, response. We just finished praising, at least in song, but the praise is not over yet, right? All right. And it's not because of anything that we've done, but because we know who he is, right? She just shared with us that God loves us recklessly. I don't know about you, but I don't think, I mean, I've, I've had some relationships, but I don't know anybody who loves me recklessly, who will follow me wherever in my mistakes and my crap and still loves me, even when I don't even love myself. So I don't know about you, <laughs> but I'm blessed to be here today, and I'm going to show that. And so the first thing I want is for all of our AY leaders to come up because there is a possibility that you guys don't know who were the hands that were helping with putting this together for you? I said the hands, right? These are the hands, but the brain power was through the Lord our God. So I am thankful to be able to be in his service as everyone behind me. But I want you to know who the faces are, who is going to support you, not just now, not just for today's program, but hopefully as we springboard into the rest of this year, that we have connections like never before and that we learn to whether or not we are executing reckless love for our brothers and sisters, that we at least learn to give a little bit of that to those who are around us and because we're focusing on ourselves as well, giving that love to ourselves, because sometimes we overlook that. So as we just introduce ourselves out, we can start from, from this end with Miss Jessica, although I'm kind of introducing her. <laughs> I'll, I'll give the mic over. Good morning and happy Sabbath. My name is Jessica, and I'm the youth leader at Lighthouse. Where are the youth, youth in Lighthouse? <laughs> Hello and happy Sabbath. <laughs> I am Dion Reed. I am from Berlin. And guess what? Hey y'all. Who in the house, y'all? Berlin's in the house. Berlin's in the house. Stand up, Berlin. Woo! I don't know if I could follow that, but I will, I will definitely say, you know, I'm proud to be uh, leading the Agape Youth. I said the Agape Youth. Where y'all at, Agape? That's what's up. That's what's up. Agape. Today we're talking about love, and I'm praying that those who are here from Agape represent, because we are truly reflecting God's love. 
Hello, and I'm uh, representing from Northside, Seven-day Adventist. Uh, can I get all the Northside to stand up, please? When I say Northside, you say Northside. Northside. When I say Northside, you say Northside. Who in the house? Northside. How y'all doing today? I'm Thomas Jenkins. I'm the host church, Tabernacle of Praise. I want y'all to stand up. Mic drop, right? <laughs> well, on behalf of the AY leaders, we want to welcome you guys, all right? We want to just welcome you guys. I want to ask for our um, director, our youth director, to come on up. Thank you guys for just bringing what you bring on a regular basis. All right. Go ahead. So I have standing next to me somebody who I've been just so blessed to work with. Challenge and stretch me at times, but so grateful for the stretch because every relationship has some discomfort. But that discomfort allows for you to grow, right, and learn more about yourself. But that has not been shadowed uh, in any way or at least overshadowed by the fact that you just definitely do show love. So I want to just let you guys know, because I don't know if everyone knows who's standing before us right now, our very own... Conference Youth Director has come to worship with us. And I will say, he loves traveling. He will get on the road at any point in time. I didn't say, I said on the road. Like, I will fly, but he will get on the road and pick up those miles on his car just to make sure that we know that he's supporting us and that he loves us. So, what do you have to say to our people? Well, first off, good morning. Happy Sabbath, everybody. And one of the things I loved about the roll call is that I was able to celebrate with every single church because I'm a part of all of y'all. So EAY, come on, stand up, EAY. It's good to be here with you today. I'm excited. There it is. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Come on. Hey, it's good to be here with you today. Uh, my name is Carson Rogers, privileged privilege to serve as a youth director here in Central States. And uh, I just believe God is doing some amazing things throughout our conference and especially here in EAY. Listen, can you all do me a special favor and just affirm our Federation president, Sister Miranda Steele, who is working hard, who is working diligently to put all this together. Come on, y'all. Come on, come on. She has been doing a fantastic job. And, um, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm, I'm serious. Um, I'm so grateful to, to be able to work along such a great, phenomenal leader who has such vision. And uh, I believe today we're going to be blessed with the vision that God has laid on her heart. And so I'm just excited to be here today. I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Amen. And so we want to welcome those who are not just in the room because y'all have made a, a joyful noise. We want to also welcome those who are online. For, for everyone who is visiting us now online, in person, um, as well as those who will be streaming later, we want to welcome you guys, and we pray, Lord, that the Lord blesses you, no matter where you are, because he just has that ability to be everywhere at all times and meet our needs wherever we are. So we just want to welcome you and just ask that you just be blessed today. Let the Lord just really empty you of stuff and fill you with some amazing things, okay? All right. All right, so we are going to... Move on with this. Thank you so much. We're going to move on. And I'm going to allow for our young people to come up now.
Good morning, church. I'm Kennedy. I'm Lauren. And we're just here to tell you guys a little bit about our announcements for today. Um, today, April, oh, April 2nd, we're going to be bowling at Kingpin Lanes at 8 p.m. And then next week, we have Shift Online with Miss Amalia Goldburn. And then the week of March, of the, May the 14th, we have Shift again. And on May 29th, EAY Kickball Night. And then down at the conference, we will have a camp meeting from June 1st to the 5th. And then June 6th to the 11th, we'll have Jennifer Conference in St. Louis. And then June 12th to 19th, we will have Camp High Point in Kansas City at the conference. That will be the junior camp. And the week following, June 19th to the 26th, we will have the teen camp. And then finally, July 21st to July 23rd, CSAY Youth Summit, St. Louis. Enjoy the rest of your Sabbath. All right, so you guys may be wondering, like, why are we here, right? <laughs> so what's next? So today we're going to do something a little untraditional, but I pray that you guys will be blessed by it. So today we're going to have breakout sessions for our young people. So it's been a while that we've all kind of gathered together as a family. But before we start presenting things to you and telling you how much God loves you, we want to hear from you. So we've, we've given the opportunity for you guys to actually meet in small groups, um, and I'll explain the groups in a minute. But the purpose of this is really just to connect with you. Because at the end of the day, we need to have that foundation before we move on. We are all growing. And unless we understand what the root is, we won't be able to move forward successfully, okay? So, you may be asking. There are several things up there. You see Kids Corner on the screen. You see one-on-one -on -one meet. You see me, myself, and I. Me and Bay. Many of y'all are probably wondering, what? Me and Bay? Yeah, we're going to talk about it today. And then we're also going to have something for our adults as well. Um, so there are going to be three, three actual workshops that are going to be presented um, by our leaders. And then we're going to also have a, uh, an area for our youth, our younger people, our children, who are younger than 12, to, to join Ms. Candace and Ms. Rodrika and family. And then we're going to also have Ms. Lakita Carroll and her husband be able to, Lee, be able to present to you guys uh, who are in the sanctuary. So let me just break this down for you real quick. There are breakout rooms, and we will share where the, those locations are. So the first session um, will be me, myself, and I, and that will be led by Pastor Hackle and his beautiful wife, Nishina. And then in that discussion, you're going to be talking about or just learn a little bit more about how to love yourself. Because again, as I said earlier at the, at the beginning of this, we do a good job of taking care of other people and their things. But when we neglect to build something in ourselves and really believe what God says about ourselves, we, if, unless we do that, we end up in a place that we don't want to be in. So we're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about if I were to really write a love letter to myself, what would it say? Then I want you to think about that because we can put things down on paper. But what do I say on a daily basis to myself when I live? And if that letter that I will write is not aligned with what I'm actually doing, 
then maybe I need to consider some things. So then the next workshop will be on me and the church. And you may say, well, what, what's that? So every one of us come here with expectations. Every one of us has an expectation of the church. And when I say church, I'm not talking about a physical building. I'm talking about people, right? Because we make up the church. You have an expectation because we're in a relationship with the church. Sometimes you may even be frustrated with the church. But if you're choosing to be in a relationship, any healthy relationship will have its ups and downs. But it's important to make sure that we communicate, that we are talking so we understand each other's expectations and understand our role in that relationship. So Pastor Fields is going to be leading out that session. And then the very last session I've entitled Me and Bay. Who is Bay? I'm pretty sure some of y'all have Bays. But I'm not just talking about Bay. I'm talking about anybody that I let in my inner circle. That person or those people that I let get real, real close to me. That I let dictate what I do. That I let speak for me because I live out those things that they want. And I really don't consider the things that I want. That's Bay. And we're going to be talking about the expectations we should have for allowing people into that circle, right? And understanding, understanding the destruction that we can allow to bring in our lives. And so Gabby is going to share a little more about that, and she'll, she'll be leading that out. But at the end of the day, the messaging really is this. If I say I'm in a relationship, am I living what I want to live out in those relationships? Am I bringing to the table what I want to see if given to me? And am I expecting for those who are in my space to also give back? And when at times we're not aligned, then we need to just sit down and talk. So we're going to sit down and talk today, okay? All right, and so that, those are the three workshops. And then you see a one-on-one meetup there. And that is for any individual, whether you want to start off this way or you end up coming out of a session just like, man, I, I got some stuff I need to offload, right? We're allowing for you guys to meet with uh, two of our counselors, Sister Fields as well as Sister Pierre. Uh, They are here. They are licensed counselors who are able to provide you not just prayer but also some tools because sometimes we find ourselves in positions and we don't know how to get out of them. We don't even know how to articulate what they are, and we need the help. And nothing's wrong with that because I struggle with that myself. Every one of us in this room, whether you're young or old, has, has something that they need to work out, at least one thing. So we're offering this for those who want to be able to just offload and then gain a little bit more because at the end of the day, God wants us to be healthy. This is that whole reckless love. He's, he's in pursuit of you, but he's wanting you to be in a space that you're not right now. And he's saying, I'm a journey with you on that way. So we're going to just do those, uh, have those, uh, those five, really those five uh, locations. And our AY leaders will lead you to those spaces. And those workshops will be um, every 20 minutes, I'm sorry, every 20 minutes. So we'll have three 20-minute workshops. So each person, and forgive me, but this is the paper that I had. So all our young ladies will get pink cards. And all of our young men will get Blue cards. These are for the youth who will actually be attending the workshops. Now, what's on this card? It's just a workshop check-in. So you have three of those workshops along with um, some boxes for your one-on-one meets. And we're asking that you put your name on these cards and then go to the workshops. And we will rotate, like I said, and you'll be prompted when you need to move throughout. 
And these cards need to have stickers obtained from the presenters. Once you leave, you'll be able to have at least three stickers on your cards. You'll put your name on it, and then there's a box outside that you'll put um, this in at the end of all the workshops. Now, I know this is a lot, but I'm just asking that you carry this around with you, that you don't lose it, because we have what I would like to call gifts that I want to give to you guys. We're going to do a drawing, one for a female, one for a male. And this package will have just some self-care stuff in it, just to get started on loving yourself a little bit more, uh, just in case you need that. Well, we're going to have some um, bags for, for the two individuals uh, who are, whose names are pulled. Now, for the adults, maybe wondering, okay, well, where are we going, right? Well, we're going to keep you right here so you don't have to do too much walking. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So we're going to keep you here in this space. And then for our little ones, you'll be downstairs in the fellowship hall. Does everyone understand that? Any questions about what we're doing today? We're just, we're just spending some time together chit-chatting, hopefully growing at the same time. All right, so you'll have, like I said, three 20-minute workshops. But with the adults, you'll be with, um, in this space for the whole time. And as well as with the children who are under 12, you'll be uh, in the space with Miss Candace, Miss Rodrika, and family. So one of the things I want to note for the one-on-one, for the one-on-ones, um, this is a time of confidentiality, but I'm gonna ask for any child who is, any youth who is wanting to attend this meeting uh, with our counselors, that one that you have some type of parental consent, whether it's from the guardian that you came with or from the parent that you have who's here. For those who don't, if you are less than 18 and you want to have some type of session um, and your parent is not here and cannot give that consent, what we do have available to you uh, may not be for, it's not for today, but we do have available to you. Ms. Akita Carroll has a program that she has opened up and she is willing to um, meet with you um, beyond this because it's not about a one-off, right? At the end of the day, we all need help and how many of us actually get help, all the help we need in one day, right? So what we'll do for those who really have that uh, desire, please let me know, and we will follow up with Ms. Lakita on the back end regarding um, how you can get that assistance, okay? Um, I think that's all. Pastor Rogers, we're good. All right, so what we're going to do right now is ask Pastor, Pastor Wright to come on up. We're going to pray. We're going to pray over um, our AY leaders. I'm going to ask, um, can you pass these out? Raise your hand. Yeah, so raise your hand if you will be attending these workshops. And again, in order to receive uh, the self-care package, you have to um, have those cards, and we're asking that you're 12 and older. Anyone who's under 12 will be um, with our younger people in the fellowship hall. So raise your hand if you're wanting a card and you're planning on attending these, these sessions. And you'll have uh, pens to be able to put your names on them when you get to the workshops. Okay? So as they pass, after they pass those out, we're going to have you come up and pray for us. Thank you.
Alrighty, family, I'm going to ask that everyone, if you could go ahead and stand, we're going to have our opening prayer for our workshops, and then you are dismissed to the one you want to go. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for life on today. Lord, there is one thing we can agree on, and it is that you woke us up this morning. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the food, the clothes. We thank you, God, for all the things you do for us. And now, Lord, we're just praying, Father, would you pour out your spirit in the house today? I pray, Lord, that you would give uh, uh, your spirit to, to your youth and your adults. We pray, Father, that these workshops, oh God, will help us to be vulnerable, will help us to open up, will help us to understand ourselves and more about this life, oh God. I pray blessings over the discussions. I pray blessings over the counseling sessions. I pray blessings over the kids' corners and adult talk. I pray, Lord, that there will be healing in the house today, oh Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Let every believer say amen and amen. You are dismissed family to the workshops. So it's elect it's 11.46. What I'm asking, everyone, can I get your attention? It's 11.46 right now. I'm going to ask that we start our sessions in the next uh, four minutes, okay? So that way I can start that timer. Does everyone understand? So the next four minutes. So we're asking that you get to those spots. And you'll have two minutes between each session to be able to uh, get to the next one.
such a good God. He really, really is a good God. I mean, listen, so many people have passed on in this past couple of years, and we are here. And we're not here by incident, by accident. I'm not going to say by vaccination or by anything else. We are here because of God's goodness to us. He's good to those people as well. It was their time to pass on. It's not a bad thing. We don't know what they were going to go through the next month. But what we know is that today we're here. And I always believe as long as you are walking and breathing and thinking, you can change. Thank you. I only heard one person say amen. That's a shame. One person. Let's say it again. As long as we are walking, thinking, doing, moving, chewing, talking, we can change. That's right. Amen. Okay, so this is what I hope. This is my goal. My goal is that you, this little book that has a whole lot of um, strategies for change, which is what people go to therapy for, so they can, so they can change. They want their lives to change, their relationships to change, their financial situations to change, their jobs to change. They need a change. So you can do, use these strategies, and you can change if you're not willing to go to a therapist. You can change. You can use this stuff at home. So I want you to, my goal is that everybody had take one of these strategies, one, and use it in the next year. And next year around this time, I want someone to say, you know what? I started doing such and such, and this is how my life changed. It can change people. It doesn't take a lot. The, uh, there's a song, and it says, if I take just one step, he will do the rest. He will do the rest, and that's really how God, all he wants us to do is set our, foot in a, in, in our, foot, our feet on the pathway towards him. He says, seek me first. And all these things will be added to you. Make him first. And everything you need and all of your desires you will receive. Now, let me say that about the desires because I don't want everybody to say, I, I want to be a billionaire, which, you know, that's a nice thing to want, no problem. But the Bible says, I will give you the desires of your heart, which means God will take the desires. It's all jacked up, the desires that we think, I want this drop-dead gorgeous man, but he's an alcoholic. He said, I will give you the desire. I'll tell you what to want. I will create in your heart the right thing to desire. So your desire will be one with God. It's not like you're going to desire something and God's going to, that's not, that's not right. He's going to your desire and his desire for you is the same thing. So let's get started. And we're going to talk about three things today. My relationship with myself my relationship with others, and then my relationship with the church or the body of Christ. Now, I didn't say my relationship with God. I said with the body of Christ. So let's get started. Um, I have a lot up here. So we need to start with prayer. Let me, let's bow our heads. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we come to you for healing Lord, for your grace and your goodness and your mercy, we ask that you will open our minds. Help us, Lord, to understand you and to understand what your will is for us. Show us, Lord, how to draw closer to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want everybody to know that therapists do not heal anybody. God, all healing comes from God, whether it's medical healing, financial healing, relationship healing, all healing comes from God. 
So, you know, if you go to the doctor, you don't have to depend on him. You're depending on God, that he's going to say the right thing or that he will use the doctor to say the right thing or do the right thing or whatever. But all healing comes from God. So you don't have to feel like if I don't do a certain thing, I'm not going to be healed. God's blessings is based on his goodness, not our goodness. It's not based on what we deserve. It's based on how much he loves us. So our scripture reading is Genesis 2.18. And this is all about our relationships. God is about developing relationships. God is interested in our relationship. It said, um, and God said that it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him and help me for him. What happened was, Adam was about, he was about um, naming all the animals. And he noticed that every animal had a partner but him. So he was like, what's up with this? And then the Lord said, God said, it's not good that man should be alone. Now, I know that God already knew he was going to make a woman. Maybe he needed Adam to recognize this need and to value the relationship. So right in the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, God acknowledged relationships in animals. There was two of them. He didn't make them alone. And then he went on to make a relationship with men. In Exodus 21 through 12, the first five commandments are all about relationships. The first four are about our relationship with God. And if you pay attention to that, that um, to those four, those four commandments, God is setting the boundaries of the relationship. And he's showing you how to treat him. Rule number one, it's okay to have boundaries. There's nothing wrong with saying, no, thank you. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't like that. God did it in the, in, the, in the first, and even in the Garden of Eden. He set a boundary. Y'all can do all you want up in here, but don't touch that tree. Because when you touch that tree, things are going to change on you. A boundary. Boundaries are good. It's okay to have boundaries. So you don't allow, you don't have to allow anybody to walk over you. They don't get to say whatever they want to say to you. They don't get to do whatever they want to do to you. They don't get to touch you if you don't want them to be touching, if you don't want to be touched. It's not about good touch or bad touch. It's about I don't want to be touched, and that's okay. No problem. You can say no thank you. No hugs for the Sabbath today. I'm not feeling it, and it's okay. And it's okay for us to respect other people's boundaries because God is saying to us, respect my boundaries. Everything is good as long as you respect my boundaries. Then the fifth commandment is how we're supposed to relate to our parents. Honor your mother and father. So many people say, do I have to honor them? They were this and that. Just because you're breathing, right? I mean, just because you're breathing. You know, know, people, all parents are jacked up. I told my daughter, listen, I'm not giving you, I'm not saving any money for a college fund. I'm going to save money for you so you can go to therapy. So if I jacked up, don't come tell me how bad I was. You go to a therapist. Get that thing straightened out, and then we'll be okay. So, you know, that's, we have, we have boundaries. The Lord set boundaries, and it's okay to have them. All right. So our relationship with others 
is up. Well, let me get back over here. I'm sorry. Just as he did in the Garden of Eden, he set his boundaries from Adam and Eve and how they could live a joy-filled life in him. Satan promptly put in Eve's head that she wasn't quite good enough. And the only way to be good enough is if she crossed the boundaries he set. And so here's where we are. Our thoughts about ourselves has been running rampant and destroying us, our relationships, and our lives. Because he put in her head, you're going to be like God, implying there's something wrong with you. You ain't quite right. You should be better. You should do more. And then she fell for the okie doke. And then life was never the same after that. Not for her, not for us, not for our children. And we have done the same thing. I'm asking a question. The question is, how do you know, and I really want you guys to participate. I'm not planning on talking all day by myself. So y'all going to have to, I'm going to start calling out names. I'm going to start calling out colors. Hey, you in the pink shirt. I'm like, you know, if I don't know your name, and believe me, my vision is very poor. So even though if you're sitting here, I know this is Yvetta because I kind of had seen her up close. So I'll call on you, okay? But I don't want to use that. I want us to answer. All right. So I'm going to ask, how did you learn? <laughs> how did you learn about yourself? How did you learn about you? Anybody have any, just, you know, raise your hand screaming out. How did you learn about you? Did I hear anybody answer? Through some of her mistakes. Through some of her mistakes? She, yeah, that's a good one. We don't want to make them, but that's a good one. Any, who else? Through other people. Through other people. Beverly way back there. Okay, and Denise? Okay, right. And I'll say to you guys, at birth, your life script, who you are, is being determined. Some idiot will walk in the room and say, oh, they look like, you know, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe is an alcoholic. Now that's put on everybody's brain. This boy is like Uncle Joe. Can you imagine how devastating that could be to this child's life? So it, or it could work backwards. It could work, oh, you're just, man, you remind me of uh, Obama. You know, he was a president, right? That, it could work in that direction, too. So, yes, we learn from our mistakes. We learn, but before we learn from that, other people tell us who we are. Oh, she's so tall. The word so means something's wrong with that. Then I tell them, oh, she's tall, beautiful. No, no, no. Oh, how's she going to find a husband? Something's not right with me. I'm defective. I'm, you know, and, and thereby anybody who, who is attached themselves to me is defective as well because they can't see how defective I am. We are learning from other people who we are from birth. And then some things are in our brain from birth that are now subconscious. We have to sit down and figure it out. So that's where we are. But how does this have, what does all this have to do with anything? Our relationship with others is often a, re a reflection of the relationship we have with ourselves. Okay? If I feel like I'm not worthy of, hmm, 
Let's say, what is it that I'm not worthy of? Let's say I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not coming to church. I'm going to feel guilty. I'm going to feel ashamed, you know. And then anything that people in church say to me, maybe I, I might visit and they mention, oh, you know, that dress is, you know, that's kind of nice, you know, but maybe I feel ashamed. So no matter what anybody say, I'm not going to feel good. Our relationship with ourselves is defined by our underlying beliefs about ourselves. These beliefs move us towards God goes for us, or they hinder us from achieving them. So Eve bought the okie doke. She, she bought the lie that something's not right with you. And it led her away from what? From God. From a happy life. From an eternal life. And her children, all of us, has suffered ever since. And here's some examples in the Bible. This is my favorite example. Um, Moses and the 12, you know, the 12 spies went out, and then they came back. And the report was, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Now, this is kind of deep, so I'm going to ask you guys to dig in your brains and kind of pull out. And so we were in their sight, and so we were in their sight. We see ourselves as grasshoppers sometimes, but we're going to move away, stop there. But I want to go back. We saw ourselves as, as grasshoppers in our sight. We were grasshoppers. So they saw us as grasshoppers. What is that saying to you? What does that mean? It's right there in the Bible. Anybody have any ideas? Do I see a hand? Oh, there you go, Annalena. Thank you. You saved somebody. <laughs> well, when you think negative about yourself, other people will think negative about you. If you think you're smart, other people will think you're smart. If you think you're smart, other people will think you're smart. I think that's very good. And so, thank you very much. Now I'm going to ask somebody else to take it another step. So I don't think I'm worthy. So you don't think I'm worthy. So how do people treat us? How do we, it's two things going on. How we experience other people and how they treat us. So how do you think other people treat us when we don't see ourselves as worthy? Okay. Go ahead. Oh, you want to go? Go ahead. Wow, okay, so now we're in Lois's circle. Okay, so now I see myself as terrible. Some people, just because of who they are, they feel good about themselves, so they're not going to go there. So we're not going to talk about those good people. We're talking about the others. Okay, so, but that's right. That's a very good point. How people treat you, because how we treat other people has to do with more about how we think about us than what they're thinking about them. If, just because I can slap you don't mean I ought to slap you. I mean, just because I, I mean, I wasn't talking about Chris Rock for real. I wasn't thinking about it. But... But just because I can tr 
mistreat a person, that says more about me that I would do it than it does about you who gets mistreated. That's the way I look at it. I've always looked at it that way. Did you still want to have your comment? Oh, okay. All right, so then how we see ourselves. Also, uh, their limited view of themselves caused them to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. I'm going to ask Beverly. Beverly, are you tired of wandering? Yeah, are you tired of wandering around? Okay, so I want everybody here to say this. I'm tired of wandering. Are you tired of not reaching the goal that you have in your, no, 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 I'm sorry, that God placed in your heart? If you say, I'm tired of not reaching my goals. I'm tired of not reaching the goal. You know, I would go to bed at night, and my brain would start ticking off all the things I didn't do. Didn't do this, didn't do this, didn't do this, didn't do this. And you know you're not sleeping, right? I was so frustrated, you know, one day, and I just said to my brain, I didn't do it when I was woke. It's not going to get done tonight, so I don't care. Stopped it. Right and stop. We don't have to let, be a victim of all these thoughts that's going on. All right, so then we say, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, and I want you guys to think about what this means. To the weak became I as weak, right? That I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men that I might be by all means, by all means save some. Thank you. Thank you very much for helping me stay on track with that. What does that mean? To the weak, I became weak. We can follow up. To the strong, I became strong. To the good, I became good. And I think even there is in that verse further down that, you know, to those, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it verbatim. To the criminals, I'm become, I became a criminal so that I can gain all men. What does that mean? Thank you, Helena. You keep saving these people, girl. <laughs> I like that, and I got one word for that. But go ahead. You want to? You want to uh, go ahead? Go ahead. Meet people where they are. What about you? Did you have same thing? I'm gonna call you earlier next time. Go ahead. You want to? Thank you. You ready, Tori? Exactly, right. And the, it's a simple word, it's called join. I joined them. I joined them. So it's kind of like you're going to go to the beach. But I'm, gonna, I'm going to the beach to be with the beach people, but I'm getting ready to wear a formal gown out there. Don't make sense. The people are like, what's wrong with her? Why she? I'm going to go to the hot beach, but I'm going to wear my fur coat. Ain't nobody talking to you. So I think for many, many years, I'm just going to be honest. I heard the word transparent. I think 
we messed up somewhere in the church because we wanted people to come over here, but we didn't go over there. And so we have made some mistakes. And some of it is because of fear of what other people are going to think about us. So we want to make, you know, that, that's, that's a whole nother talk right there. That's different. And then Proverbs 23 says, um, no, I, I got to ask this question. How do you think, how do you think that, what type of person was Paul? What, what, how would you describe him or how do you think he thought about himself? That's like five questions. So I'm just going to settle on the last one. How do you think Paul thought about himself? Yes, I'm going to go with you first. So you feel like he kind of had a better understanding of people, maybe, because of what he had been doing? Okay. Yeah, he suffered. And all those people he persecuted. Okay, so I got a word for that, but go ahead, your turn. You know, And in order to do that adaptation that he did, like you guys, I'm got, I have a word for that. It's called empathetic. He was able to empathize with people because he had known he had been the worst of the worst out there killing people because they love the Lord. So, you know, he was able to empathize. He was flexible, you know. Girl. Right. Yes. Yes. Whoa. She just said so much right there. Go ahead. Right, because I think, if I'm not correct, he got knocked off of a horse and was blinded, right? Yes. Suffered a concussion and lost his sight. And, and then the Lord, so we, he had a life, he had a life, he had a life-changing experience going on. But you're absolutely right. 
But like she said, before we get there, we got to deal with that childhood stuff, <clears throat> those thoughts that someone said something about me when I was a kid, and now it's running and ruining my life with myself and with everybody else around me. And it says, um, one thing about it is, what we saw with Paul is that he was able to put that stuff aside so that he can bond with people. I want to know, does anybody here want to bond with people? Say, if you want to bond with people, say, I want to be closer. I want to be closer. We can't win people over here on this side of the, of the street and they on the other side of the street. And we're yelling, come over here. And they're like, mm -mm, bring yourself over here. No, my, come over here. No, my feet hurt. You come to me. So we're in the, we got a problem because if this thing, whatever it is, is between us and them, whether it's our beliefs that we have put before us, and I'm going to say this, I say this with all kindness, genuine love in my heart. If our beliefs take the place of God, we cannot get closer, right? So if my belief about eating good food, vegan diet, if that's more important than my sister, that I was reading somewhere, the person was like, <clears throat> they couldn't read. I mean, they didn't want to eat with someone because they eat meat. What kind of stuff is that? What, what does their eating meat have to do with you? So, but, you know, so if that's going to be my thing and I just absent myself from every, every meal because everybody in the world is not vegan and every, anybody who's doing something that I don't do, then if I'm going to do that, how am I going to be, make connections with people? It's not going to happen. Uh-huh. Everybody's just not going to be on board with what we're trying to do. It's what, if we're moving the way we believe God is moving us, that doesn't matter. We have to continue to go forward because just like God is dealing with us, he'll deal with them in their own time. But I see a lot of times people are more concerned about what people think about them. And I just wanted to say, I know that a lot of people didn't accept Paul, no matter what he did. They just weren't going to because they remembered his mistakes. Right. And I, and it all comes, but it does come back to somebody told me who I was back then, and now sometimes we, you know, people don't want other people to see them as they are, and they're trying to people please, which you leads to pathology and poverty and presumptuous behavior. So anyway, that's a whole different talk. But so people doing the people pleasing thing because they were told as a child this is the thing to do. But Saul, I mean, Saul turned to Paul, was rambunctious. It's not saying like, you know, I'm a, whatever I do, I'm going to do 100%, 1,000%. So if you say kill Christians, I've got a goal. I'm gonna, I have a goal by March the 30th, I'm going to kill 50 Christians. So he had, you know, that's kind of the mindset I get from him. But then when it says I'm going to save some souls, he did the exact same thing. So I'm going to say this, but this has nothing to do with our workshop. So if we were out there and we were doing drugs night and day, day and night, 
We come into the church and don't pray for 15 minutes. But that's a whole different issue. That's not what we're talking about today. We aren't talking about that. It is a, um, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what's in our heart? What are you thinking about yourself in your heart? In those quiet times, in the recess times, what are you thinking about? What are some of your thoughts? It is a benefit to us to think about what we think about ourselves. Because our thoughts to ourselves, about ourselves, are what we are becoming every day. So if you're a married couple, you don't want to think about getting a divorce because it's going to happen. You don't want to spend your time thinking about all the negative outcomes. We have to start thinking about what we're thinking about. If you say, I want to do this, but something different is happening, it's not, and especially if you say, God told me to do this, it's not God. He's not sending you in the wrong way. But our thoughts interfere. So now this gives us a whole new idea about I die to self daily. I used to think it's all of the bad things I do, you know, all of the bad. But it's about what I think about me too that's important because that stands between me and God. That stands between us. So when God says, Lakita, you know, go over there and act, ask Mr. Bezos to give you you know, maybe $5 million, $6 million for the kids. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know, Mark Bezos. You know, I'm, I'm kind of shy. You know, I don't, I don't like talking to people like that. I don't want to ask for money. They don't have anything to do with God. That's me and what I think about me and how that's preventing me from doing what God tells me to do, which is how we will lose our own important so important I hate to break it down like that but it's not okay to think bad stuff about you because it's going to hinder us longer term in our relationships financial stability everything is hinged on what we think about ourselves and God is constantly trying look at all the good stuff he says that he'll do for us all the good stuff he says he has waiting for us in heaven and yes some of us are not going to go because we're like I don't think I can make it I don't think I'm worthy of that you know I'm not good enough you're not but God covers you and he is so it's a benefit to us to think about what we think about ourselves uh, and um what we are saying to ourselves is also dictating how we relate to others. For example, if I think that my hair is great, and then I look out and I see people with black hair, then I might think, they think they something. You know, I know she, she trying to act like she's just 25. I know she's 98. Why don't she just, I know she must be that. That's a problem between me and that person. She doesn't even know she has it. Then we're like, hey, girl, how you doing? Hey, love your hair. Walking away, she get on my nerves. I wonder which color she's using at home. That, but that's not about her. That's about me and how I feel about me. That's a problem. All right, 
So let's get used by God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no lie. You can be as intemperate with loving people. I like, um, I like what Miranda said, reckless love. We can be reckless with loving other people. And we can do that because we're square with God. We feel good about ourselves. So we don't, it's not a backlash. If I give you, you know, $1,000 and you don't speak to me the next week, no big thing. Why? Because I know that God's going to give me another $1,000. What do I care about the $1,000? Can we get there? If I, I mean, you can keep not speaking. I can say hi to you, and then you don't have to speak to me. But it's, I'm okay. Her reflection is not doesn't have anything to, her behavior has nothing to do with me. It's just her choice. And I don't have to eat up her, her behavior because if I do, she's not speaking to me. If I eat that up, it's because I believe somewhere that I've either done something that I'm not addressing or that something is wrong with me. Not appreciative of what you do, it kind of hurts your feelings, you know. Okay, Sometimes I'm gonna say, say this, and I say this in all love, right? Real, real, real for real love. Who are you doing it for? If I'm doing it for Christ, I'm not in control of the outcome, I'm not in control of that. And if the Lord tells me, hey, I want you to take that brand new car you got and give it to Yvetta because she needs a car, it's not for me to say, well, you know, she had four accidents the last time she had a car. You know, that's not my job. But if I give her the car because the Holy Spirit told me to do it for her, not because I think I'm smarter, not because I'm richer, none of that, just because God said it, the outcome, if she takes the car, ram it off the, off the bridge, you know, do whatever it is people do to cars that they shouldn't do, not my problem. That's on her. That's between her and God. Do that make sense, you guys? I want you to be completely free from other people's stuff because it's their stuff. They have a right to their mess. They have a right to it. And since, I say this kindly, you're not, they're not paying you to help them with their mess. Why work so hard? We work way too hard on other people. When our thoughts about ourselves get in the way, the Holy Spirit is hindered. Instead of us responding in pure love, consistently our responses are inconsistent. Our relationships and Christian experiences are often unstable. By treating ourselves with Christ-like love, we will automatically treat others the same, and the body of Christ collectively becomes more spirit-filled. So I want everybody to say with me, I'm tired of the inconsistencies. Tired of the inconsistencies. I am not convinced. I am tired of the inconsistencies. I'm tired of the inconsistencies. Don't you get tired of it? I mean, like one day I love the Lord, the next day it's like, Lakita, come on, let's have a home. That's, that, you know, what's, what's there? What's preventing us? In the following pages, we're going to look, we're going to think about our thoughts about ourselves, patterns of communication, behavioral patterns towards others, and we can rate the level of how the Holy Spirit is using us. 
Now, there's going to be some areas where you allow the Spirit to use you more often. You know, if you're a generous person, the Lord bless you with that gift. It's nothing to you to give away good stuff. Nothing at all, you know. But on the other hand, if you are an insecure person, then you may be a little bit moody, touchy. If somebody says something about your hair or your shoes or whatever, and you may just eat them up. And people, that's inconsistent. People don't understand that. The, um, and there's no shame. This, it, the, um, there's some strong areas that you have, and there's going to be some weak areas. But there is no shame in your game. This is not about condemnation. I want y'all to understand. It's not about that. This is about us becoming the best Christians that we can become. So I want everybody to say, no shame in my game. No shame in my game. No shame. Don't go home and beat yourself up. Do not do that. This is not about how bad you are. This is about how good you are becoming. Those are two different things. This exercise does not determine if we're good or bad Christians. We're, we kind of we think in that linear way, too. Oh, she's a good Christian because she does this. Oh, he's a bad Christian because he does that. No, it's not about that. This teaches us to think about our thoughts, their impact on ourselves and others and the church body. So here's like a little assessment. And I want you to, we're not going to rate the areas. I want you to go home. I want you to think about this. Um, sometimes me, I do it once or twice a month. Oftentimes mean I do it two to three times a month. And very often means I do it daily or several times a day. You're not going to do everything all the time. So don't even get there. It's going to be some things that you're going to completely drop the ball on. And that's all right. So I just took about four or five things from the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what I want you guys to do is I started a little this, but can y'all add a few more things to my list so that when people go home, and so those of you who, you know, you have your book list, write down some of the things people are saying so you can go home and think about what you are doing and, and how you're doing, whatever it is you're doing. So love, I treat myself lovingly. Let's talk about some ways we treat ourselves unlovingly. And then we can kind of, is there any way, anybody have any ideas of how we are unloving towards ourselves? Um, we may not do the things we should do, eat right, exercise, stuff like that, or study the word more. Okay, I like both of those. Okay, so not eating right, not exercising right, study. And I like that you put studying the word in the context of loving ourselves. It's a gift to you to study God's words. It's not for him. He already knows it. It's a gift to us. So um, anybody have any other things you have? We may cause physical harm on ourselves or maybe even other people. Exactly. Physical harm on ourselves. He's coming to you. I said not getting enough rest. Oh, that is so huge. Not getting enough. I mean, God knows we need rest. He gave us a whole 24 hours to do it, you know, because he knew it. But and also, in recent study, a long time, a long time ago, 
the research indicated that you know um, Seventh-day Adventists was living longer than others, and they contributed to the fact that they took that one day and rested. So we're giving ourselves a disservice when we don't rest. Okay, so anything else? I hope everybody got rest down there. Positive verbal communication to yourself. How many of you say, you did a good job? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I would say um, the negative self-talk that we do. I think sometimes we don't fully appreciate how God made us. And we always wish we were thinner, taller, whatever, you know, comparing ourselves to other people. I think that we do our own self a disservice when we do that. The bottom line, that's the bottom line, you guys, what you say to yourself. Uh, I would say not putting no balance in your life. You know, your life needs some type of balance. If you're not getting no balance in your life, in your work life, in your personal life, then that could be harm to yourself, basically. Yes. Work and fun, play and work is definitely necessary, you know. So now I wanted to go back to this, um, the words. You know, it's my personal belief that God says in the Bible, you know, at the very first chapter, and God spoke and said, let there be this and let there be that. And it was so. Then further on down in the Bible, it says, and God said, let us make man after our own likeness, after our own image. And so some people say, well, God looks like us. Some people say we have reproductive ability, be able to re reproduce by having children. But I say we have the ability to speak and things happen. When you're speaking to yourself in those quiet times, and those voices are in your head, and it, those voices say I'm worthless, or those voices say I should have done this, I should have done that, which the underlying, re, the underlying message there is I didn't do it right, or I'm not doing it right, or something is wrong. You know, when, when we are spending time in those thoughts, and sometimes it happens so naturally that we're not even challenging it, you're getting closer and closer to becoming, let's say, you know, nobody loves me, you're becoming more of that because you, your attention is not on loving other people or I'm blessed. I think you said something about, you know, like how we don't um, value our bodies or something. We don't. You know, instead of laying in the bed saying, thank you, heart, today you carried me around, you beautiful feet, I walked the whole mile today, or 20 steps in my case, or, you know, thank you, hair, that you did what you did, or eyeball. We don't do that. We're like, you know, I wish I was skinnier. You know, I wish I could do more with my hair. I wish I could do, you know, I wish my arms was shorter, my fingers are too long. You can't change it. So all of these thoughts, this is, what I'm, this is really at the crux of everything, is that what you say to yourself hinders and prevents everything else from happening. Yes? Sometimes we know the enemy put thoughts in our minds, you know, making things negatively ourselves or maybe or prideful. Sometimes those thoughts are not our thoughts, and we just, he puts it extra to make it so often that we, it becomes, we think it's our thoughts. That's yeah. what I want to put. Yeah, and, and, and he's so good, he can make those thoughts automatically. You don't even think about what you're thinking about. Okay, look at it. And a lot of things that we do and stuff, you know, when we're taking care of a loved one and, you know, like say they're hospice or whatever and stuff for real, and you know that you've done the best you can do. 
you know you have. I mean, maybe everybody did not, but you know what you did for that person, you know, your mom, your dad, whoever you're taking care of. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it, it, as soon as they pass, then we began to say, oh, my God, I should have did this. I wish I had done that. When you yes. know at the time yes. you was doing everything the Lord had you do. You know, yes. but we, you know, we still, you know, at the end, it's always one more thing I could have done. Well, you know what? If yep. I had yep. did yep. this, and you know, that's a big problem and stuff, because then you really kind of wear yourself out, yes. you, know, you know, with those if I could have, yes. you know, and it's like, yes. you know what? Give yourself a little credit. You know, you know, pat yourself on the back and say, you know what? I did this. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I could have done it a little better, but I did this and stuff, you know. So, you know, that's just one of the big, you know, things that we love to beat ourselves up about. Right. And we can't leave out the social media now. I think now with the cell phones, mm -hmm. more people are talking about reading the Bible. They're not reading that at all. <laughs> They're on their phones. And a lot of things that are on the phones are dealing with our mental mind thoughts on everything. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we have to really dig deep into that aspect mm -hmm. sometimes we need to put our phones down and just turn them off yeah. because that has a lot to do with your mental mind thought satan is all through that most yeah. of the time and some good things out there i'm not mm -hmm. saying it's not mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's more bad things than good things okay so she said positive self-talk she brought the media because i'm gonna address up both of those things too go ahead I think, I think that's the crux of the matter for me. It's all about what I choose to put in because there's a huge difference between what God has told us or who God has told us we are versus what the world says to us. So I think we have to make better choices in what we let into. Miranda talked about earlier that, that inner circle, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. Because it will color your thoughts about what comes out, like to say trash in, trash out. Yeah. But so I, you have to start with God's word. He's the one who created us. He's the one who knows uh, what our life path should be. And so when these negative things come at us, we got to have a refuge. We got to have a place where we can go to check that information. It talks about the church of Berea. They were told things, but then they went back to see if those things were so in the word. Amen. And we need to follow that example. Amen. So I want to go back because I really want you guys to really start this positive self-talk. And, I, and um, when we hear Satan, it's his job. That's his job to come to us and tell us, like she said, you know, over and over, I didn't do this right and I could have done that. Do you know you're spending your present time? All we have is a present. We just have this moment right here. We don't have another moment that's coming up that's gone now. We have only this moment. And so in this moment, we make the best choices that we can. And I like what she said. I may not have done everything because while you are in the middle of something, I know this to be true. You can't think of nothing to do. Well, what am I supposed to do? Okay, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Then when it's all over, said and done, and of course, you know, there's going to be some nice, wonderful family and friends that says to you, you should have done this, you should have done that. Shut up. Because when I ask people for their input, no one, no, I don't know, I don't know, I have no idea, whatever, you know, just be quiet. But that's, and, and I think 
That's what Jesus said to Satan on the mount. Here's, Satan like a, like a uh, bee. And, and if you if you the king, do if you were so great, and uh, uh, if you can do it, why don't you turn it? Get thee behind me, Satan. In other words, shut up, Satan. Shut it up. Now, I wouldn't say that to a person, but if you ever see me just staring at you like this, in my brain, I'm like, shut up. Shut up, you know, because it's too much. You know, and you, all of this going over and over and ruminating thoughts on stuff is not good. It eats away at your health, your mental health, your financial well-being, your relationships. It's a problem. But let's go. Anyway, I have relatives and my older sister, when I tell her to shut up on my grandkids, I tell them to shut up. Don't tell me that's rude to shut up. You tell me to be quiet. <laughs> so <laughs> to me, it's the same thing, but the vernacular is just a little different. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kinder to say be quiet, but we don't have to be kind to say. We can just say, shut up. But we don't have to say, I wouldn't say that to any person to shut up. They might say something. The next sentence might be worthy of something. But the other ones, I'm not trying to hear. So because we are always being torn down, always being torn down, always. I mean, if George Floyd wasn't, to me, the picture of how people view us, you know, we are just standing on your neck and we're just going to sit here. I personally felt like just taking my fist and knocking them off the man. You're just wrong, just so wrong with that, you know. Or the fact that they just said that lynching is a federal hate crime. They just decided that. <sighs> Got to breathe in, girl, and breathe out. Because it's crazy. This stuff is crazy. You know, they still got us down in the Constitution as being three-fifths of a human being. And we are doing them. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm going back a little bit. When you were talking about the positive, I take it off. Oh, the positive speaking. So I was raised, I was raised in church, church school, things of that nature. No bragging, no boasting, things of that nature. And I think it kind of messed with my thought process of things because when you want to think good or oh, I'm doing good or whatever, Ooh, I don't want to be too boastful. I don't want to be too, I need to stay humble or whatever. So how do you work Girl, around that? ain't that the truth? <laughs> ain't that the truth? And I'm going to go a little step further. And y'all can say what you want to say, but this is kind of my personal feelings. I've been running around in this church for like 30-something years, because I'm only like 36. But anyway, for 30, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but I, I've been rolling around in this church for a while, and I've been listening to a lot, of, a lot of preaching for a while. Why in the world do you have to turn the people down before you get to the good part? What is that about? If you, y'all not... Y'all not Adventists, y'all Sabbaths. I mean, like, I got to sit here and hear that? What is that about? That's crazy. You're absolutely right. But God says you are good, you're uh, um, fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, the things he 
puts these gifts in us, not just, you know, of course it's for us to share with other people, but for us to, you know, like enjoy them, to sit back one day and think about how he led you and how he gave you this gifts and these talents and this ability. You know, it's, it's not, I don't believe if you say, yeah, I'm, bad, I'm better, I'm better than, uh, than Sister Thelma, I can do this and Sister Thelma, yeah, okay, there's a problem with that. But if I acknowledge, you know what, Lord, thank you. This was a good workshop. You know, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but you, you helped me, Lord. So, you know, if you acknowledge that God did something good through you, I mean, isn't that giving God praise? I want to acknowledge that. Uh, to answer your question, sister, um, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves, first of all. God said, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And then when we realize that Christianity is a process in doing the journey when you're examining what's going on, and we're, we're talking about positive self-talk. If we would just follow the instructions that God has given us, and if we want to see success and we want to see growth and prosperity and all those things, you know, God already have already given us, you know, the things that we need to, uh, number one, have victory over Satan. Once you accept Jesus, and we know all this, but when we go back and reflect and we start asking ourselves questions examine ourselves to see whether we are doing those things that the Lord have asked us to do to be healthy. I'm talking about especially mentally because the Bible is full of relationships and it tells us, it gives us the instruction how we can enhance and improve relationships when we read about the characters in the Bible. If we substitute ourselves from that particular character, you'll find yourself uh, being on the same page of what you're reading to see, man, look at me in the Bible. So when we start viewing it and our perception begin to be a certain spiritual way. Now, here, here's the kicker. Don't miss this. The Bible says, what you sow, that you will also reap. So if you are sowing to the spirit or if you're sowing to the flesh or if you're sowing good or whether you sowing to evil or bad, then those are to be the type of treasures that will be in your heart it will make the makeover of what you're going to become. So also, what was said to you, what they sowed into you is there. You have to identify it and take it out. So I gave you guys a sheet, and it's called Cognitive Distortions. So if you hear yourself saying something like, well, I have to go, you know, let's say, let's say something all or nothing. If I don't, okay, if I don't become a vegetarian, I can't make it to heaven. That's an all or nothing situation. Okay, so if you find yourself thinking like that, you're setting yourself up for failure. The cognitive distortions, we don't have enough time to go over all this stuff that I prepared. But the I want you to sit down 
and think about that. Because if we say that that's an irrational belief, it's not real, it's irrational. So then we substitute that irrational belief with a rational belief. I would like to become a vegetarian. I recognize that it's not required. And I understand it's a process. That's it. It's not about going to heaven or not going to heaven. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with it. This is about, you know, me making a choice because I want to make this choice. So I want us to become more aware, again, of what we're thinking and how we're thinking. But we didn't get to touch on some of ourselves. So, in fact, I know we're not going to hit, like, the other two-thirds of this because I got my little timer on right here. It's going to go off in a minute. Is my time almost up, Miranda? I got my, I, I said it, and it's like at one minute. Okay. Oh, okay. So you I, got about I, 10 minutes. Okay, 10. Thank you, Lee. So I got to reset that. All right. So let's hit those cognitive distortions. If you got the white sheet of paper in there, you know, and I don't have one. Let me see if, I, if it's one over here. Okay. I don't have one. Can I use yours? I can use yours. Okay. So this is some of the um, distorted ways that we think about ourselves. Thank you very much. I'll give it back. Overgeneralization. So you see a single thing you did wrong, and now let's say that I got up here and I, stud, I stumbled over some words. So that one thing, I'll spend the rest of the day thinking, oh, I should have done this, or I shouldn't have said that, I wish I wouldn't have. That is called overgeneralizing. The whole situation is bad because I made one mistake. Or you pick out a single negative detail and dwell on that. How about mind reading? He thinks he's cute. He said that because he thought that I saw him last week because I was over at the store when I saw him. So he said that because he thinks we can't read minds. Only God can read minds. Magnification or minimization. We magnify situations or minimize a situation. Should statements. I should go to church every week. I should. Uh-uh. I should. Um, I should do this, or I should. Those things produce guilt and shame, and we need to cut that out. So you know, we could say instead of say, "I should go to church every week." It's nice if I go to church every week, but if I don't, I'm not going to drop dead. Or labeling and mislabel. You know, she's so stupid. I'm so dumb. That was so stupid of me. Why does God be all that? Do we have to say all those words? Personalization. So you're going to take something that has nothing to do, not really, like, for example, someone coming in and rolling their eyes. How do you know they're rolling them at you? You was looking at them in that direction. Might have been somebody behind you looking at them. Taking and personalizing other people's nonsense. Personalizing this stuff. Uh, and then you can see yourself as the cause of some adverse incident. What it's going to take is that you take a column and you're going to write down the thought. Use your handy dandy sheet of paper and decide which one is it. Is this labeling? Is it overgeneralizing? Is it all or nothing thinking? And then you're going to write that down. And the next column will be 
your rational thought. So instead of saying, I am the worst person on earth, instead of saying that, you can say, I'm not quite as bad as Ted, but is his name Bundy or Dundee? Bundy. I'm not quite as bad as him. I didn't kill anybody this week. I am not the best person yet, but I'm not the worst. That's real. I'm not the absolute best person Jesus has said, but I'm not the worst person either. That's a balanced view. So that's what we're going to do. Your relationship with you is all about how you're thinking. And your thoughts control your behavior. So if we don't love ourselves, we're not going to do those loving things like read the Bible or, you know, um, I don't know, maybe do something special for yourself. Have self-compassion on you when you make a mistake. If we don't, you know, if we're not at peace with ourselves, let's say there is an instance of sexual abuse and there's just not any peace in ourselves, then we're not going to do things that are peaceful. We're not going to do that. Why? Because we, it's just not there. So those peaceful things, but if we do those peaceful things, then sit down and relax. Do some meditation. De-escalate arguments. Avoid arguments. Practice gratitude. If we do that, we can get more peace in. Do that make, We know that peace comes from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is giving us all, what is that verse says, according to the power that worketh within you, according to how, you, uh, how much you allow that power to work. Uh, nah, uh-uh, I'm not forgiving nobody. I don't care. Well, now, 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 you just limited this Holy Spirit and how much love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness. You're, you're limiting God by limiting yourself. I'm not, uh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to, uh, I just can't wait. I'm too tired. They, they take too long. I'm not patient. We're limiting God. Maybe if we stay there, somebody come by, give them away $100 bills. But I got mad and walked out, and then it's on the news. Today at 4.15, I walked out at 4.14. So-and-so showed up again. <laughs> Gave out $100,000 and $100 bills. Dang, dang. And some people got more because it wasn't enough people in the store. So many walked out. We don't know why they walked out. So you'll hear it. It's going to come back to you. Faith. I have faith in myself. Now, now, now. I know I'm going to get in trouble. We're supposed to have faith in God. We are. We are. But if God says to me, okay, well, I'm going to use Helena. This time. So if God says to Helena, Helena, I need you to go. Helena's like, oh, how can I get this dress? How can I go down there to Ben and Jerry's wedding thing and ask them to give you a dress? No, I can't be begging people. You know, that's not right. I should do this. There's a should statement. But I'm just being lazy. There's a labeling statement. But I just, you know, he going to think I'm crazy. That's my reading. See how that works? See how that works? Do you go down and get the, and ask? No. But guess what? 
Today was the last day of Ben and Jerry's, I guess that's the name I used, with dress giveaway. They were giving away dresses that were worth thousands of dollars. But there was just so, and the people were aware, no one was to know. All they had to do was come in and look at the dress and choose a dress. And at the checkout, they were giving them to them free. Missed out a blessing. Why is not because we don't, well, we don't have faith in God, but in between there, self got in the way. And start telling us all the reasons why we're not going to get what we want. Every time. So how does this um, reflect or help or affect my relationship with others? Can we see how it goes now, you guys? It all starts in here with me. If I am open and happy and joyful, then experiences just seem to come. They really do. But when I put up these blockades that says, I only make, I'm looking at myself, because y'all know I'm a stewardship person, so I got to say this. I'm looking at my money, and I'm like, that church got more money than I do. I'm not giving them. Uh-uh, I can't give no tab and offering. I give tab, but I'm not giving all, I'm, I'm going to give part of tab. I'll make it up later. All right. Okay. All right. Those thoughts, because I can't afford it. Right? Fortune telling. My light bill is going to come and I won't be able to. Fortune telling. All right. So this is how it, and those thoughts stand between us and other people. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Mr. Carroll think he's so cute. He got all that hair on his head. Why he cut that hair? Get on my nerves. He looks like one of those radical people. And yeah. Now, I feel a little guilty because I come in, I see Mr. Carroll, there's his hair still out there looking gorgeous and beautiful, and I didn't shame it. I may have even opened my mouth and said it to somebody else. Girl, he need to cut his hair. He looks a hot mess. Now there's something between us that prevents me from just, he says, hey, Sister Carroll, mm, hi, Brother Carroll, um, do we know what I said? But then who, who's going to come right here? You shouldn't have said that. See, you always talking about people. You're the worst person. Or I'm the worst person. I wish I hadn't said that. It's just too bad. Now Sabbath is ruined. Oh, no. I mean, it's just, you know, I hope nobody tells him. Every time you see that hair, it's going to, go ahead. I'm sorry, babe. Go ahead. All of this is so very true. Um, and a lot of times, to be honest, I think at the end of your day when you're reflecting over how your day went, these things come up and you realize that that's not the right behavior. But I think bad habits and, and things that we do, especially, you know, the further we get along in life, these things just are our reality. So the question becomes, how do we change that reality? Okay. What are the tools that we need to start putting in place to uh, outweigh these bad habits that we have. Okay, so I just gave you this whole sheet on on these things. So you're going to watch your thoughts you, if you start writing some of this stuff down. That's the first thing. Let's do a visualization. I don't know what you like to do, but I love me some fishing, right? So the Bible says, I'll take your, your uh, sins and throw them in the sea of forgetfulness and remember them no more. Now, I haven't been able to actually find this scripture, so I'm just going to assume it's in a, a version of the Bible that I'm not looking in. But so I'm going to throw your sins in the sea of forgiveness. So what I've done for me, 
is, and sins are not just what you do, but sins are sins that people perpetrate against you. Because we suffer when somebody slaps me across my face and I do the right thing and I don't slap them back, then there is this feeling that's there. So we can put that in our, so I take a box in my mind and I take, Lord, you know, here, take this sin and this thing that happened and that, and I put them in the box. I like being on the boat. I don't know about everybody else. So the boat in my mind is real beautiful. And Jesus is on my side. And Jesus, I hand him my sins, sins that people perpetrated against me and sins that I have perpetrated against other people. And he throws it in the sea of forgiveness. And I don't have to remember it no more. We let go of it. We treat ourselves with compassion. Lord, that was a mistake. Forgive me. Then we have to practice self-forgiveness. We have to say, I, God has forgiven me. I forgive myself. Now I said that to a Christian person. They said, God didn't ask you to forgive yourself. I don't know, but it helps me. If I say, I forgive you for that. Because if I make a big mistake, you know, and it's just there in my head, we have to let it Go. And there's, it's, it's not as easy as it's, it's like a letting go, letting go, keep letting go, because it's different facets to that. If um, I'm, I'm watching Will Smith and Chris Rock, and now Will was impudent and decided he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to forgive Chris in that moment. So now he's coming back, and he's beginning to see, because Satan is good at this, all the ramifications. It was the first, um, what is it, Oscars that the first time an African-American had put this thing together. There was a lot of African-Americans who was getting Oscars. All of that was overshadowed by his behavior. So he has been feeling really bad now because as we go along, Satan will make that thing seem more worse and worse and worse. But we have to at every step say, Lord, forgive me. He's already forgiven me. So now we're just saying over and over, God has forgiven me. I forgive myself. So remind yourself that you forgive yourself. Treat yourself with some self-compassion. What would you say to your child who made a big mistake? What would you say to them? Are you going to say next year you're going to be coming back? Yeah, girl, you made that F last year, and you, you know, Will you keep that going? You're going to let that go sometimes. You're going to stop thinking about it. Don't talk about it. People think it's something glorious to talk about all their mistakes. No. What about some of the good stuff you've done? Can we hear some of that? Do that make sense to you? So you have to start the process every day of healing, of growing, of developing yourself. Because if you don't, that thing and we didn't get past treating others. I didn't think we was going to anyway. But, and then how we are in the church. If I am low on self-esteem, and I come into the church, and somebody says, well, I don't really agree, Lakita, that, you know, I don't agree that the world is round. I mean, it's, it's flat. I think the world's round. Well, now it's a personal judgment against me. She think I'm dumb. Labeling. 
mind reading, that's a double whammy for you. She thinks that I don't know anything. All or nothing thinking. She didn't say that. So we have to become more aware of how we're talking to ourselves. Because if we don't dismantle this stuff, next year we're going to be in the same place we are this year. And we're going to be saying, I don't really see God working in my life. I don't really see that. Or we're going to inch when we could be bounding, making big steps towards the future. Okay, so I've gotten a, an announcement. A shameless plug, a shameless plug. If you, you have teen, young people from the ages of 5 to 19, they have to be in the county. We've been told that. Um, then counseling, we have uh, monies to provide free therapy for them. Yeah, free therapy. No, no co-payment, no taxes, no nothing. Just free counseling for your young people. I would really recommend that you do it. Um, I, my own philosophy is I can't work with children without working with the parents, so I'm going to help you make, you know, give you some strategies and stuff. I want you to go through each of these things. Okay, I'm sorry. That's the end of my commercial there, everybody. That's the end of that. Okay, and then I've been signed that time is up. But I, I just want you guys to do me one favor. Fill out the book. Fill out this booklet. If you're low on something, think about some of the things that you could do more, like other activities that you could do, and then implement that stuff. Implement loving yourself, being patient with yourself. Implement those things. And next year, all of our churches should be more joyful, more loving, more patient. Why? Because we took care of our mess, and we're not spewing it on the pews when we get here. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, Lord, loving God, you're so grateful and um, so um, kind towards us, and we're so grateful for you and your mercy, your goodness, Lord. We ask for your healing upon us. Please help us to do at least one of these things. Help us to clear the highway between us and you so that we can treat each other in the way that you desire us to treat each other. Give us joy and peace. Let the Spirit of God run, be reckless in our lives. Let us practice reckless love on each other, on ourselves, Lord, so that we may see you at your soon second coming. In Jesus' name we pray and praise you always. Amen. All right, thanks everybody. Hopefully you were blessed in the adult talk. We're gonna have our young people come on and gather back in the room with us. All young people entering with your attendance cards.
All young people who have attendance cards who want to be entered into the drawing as you come in, do me a favor, walk up here and put your cards in the, in the chest that's up here. All young people who have attendance cards, Again, all young people who are coming in, put your attendance cards in the chest at the front. We're going to give you like two minutes before we go ahead and get started. But make sure you put your attendance cards in the chest at the front. So I hope everyone was blessed. I'm seeing smiles as our young people return. So again, if any of our young people who have rejoined us has not returned your attendance card, that pink or blue uh, slip that you got your stickers added to, go ahead and bring it up. We don't want to omit you from the drawing. I'm seeing our presenters come back. Welcome. Hopefully it wasn't too much hard work. They stretched you a little bit. <laughs> We're going to give it another minute. I don't see all of our presenters returning yet, so...
Um, if you're looking for a pair of glasses, they're, they're up here. Have we omitted anyone with their attendance cards? All right. All right, so what we're gonna do, we have a few items. We're blessed to have our director, youth director, um, bring some gifts with him. So he doesn't just come, he comes bearing gifts. So we're gonna have to hold him to that every time he <laughs> joins us in St. Louis. <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do is do five drawings before we do the larger drawings for the self-care packages. And we have, he's brought with us, brought with himself uh, some t-shirts uh, and hat as well as water bottles with our SAYA logo on it. So we're going to draw names for that. Um, and that will be from any of the, of the colors. And then we will be specific about the color that we choose. And so we have with us Christy Lofton my best friend, um, but also she is the Central Area Youth Federation leader residing in Kansas City. So she is going to pick five random cards and we'll call you guys up. Um, those names we call, you guys can come up and pick something from the box and then we'll move to our bags. Okay, um, our first winner today is Christian Lofton, my son. Hi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. Our second winner is Kiana McKay. Okay, and our third winner is Kayla Reed. And our fourth winner is Millie. And our fifth winner is Jaden Thompson. Thomas, sorry. All right, drum roll now. We're gonna go, should we go with the ladies or the fellas first? Ladies. <laughs> okay, I'm partial, we're gonna go with the ladies. We're gonna go with the ladies, so we need a pink card. I have one of my distance glasses. Anye, Anye, I'm Anye, okay, all right, amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
And this is just a little something, hopefully, like I said, to get you started on a journey to taking care of yourself. Okay? All right. So last but not least, our men, right? Our young men. Quace. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask for, can you come on back up? I'm going to ask for everyone who does have gifts, uh, we would like to take a photo. Okay. Can those who, who just got gifts, can you take a photo? Come on back up. The five and the two. So you may be wondering what's going on next, right? So we all had our moments in our sessions, and I hope that they all were um, a great experience for you guys. But one of the things we can't leave here with just bits and pieces. So we've talked about relationships with one another. We've talked about relationships with our, our relationship with ourselves, right? Like how we treat each ourselves and each other. But we haven't talked about God, right, in our sessions. So what we're going to do now, um, Pastor Rogers, um, he's going to come up and he's going to just give us a little bit of, to reflect on as it relates to God's letter to us. Because we talked about sending stuff out, but have we received one from him, right? And I know many of you have, but the question is, how often are you awaiting that love letter from him? Are you seeking it? Are you looking for it? Because it's there. So he's going to just tie all of the messaging up right now. So after... After um, the music for Singers from Christ, we're going to ask Pastor Rogers to come up and share a little bit about God's love for us.
recognize myself in the mirror Who I am and who I see is no longer clear Seem to slip away And what I thought was so close Feels no longer near But honestly I know that I'm wrong Though I feel weak Something is strong Inside They always doubt me Closed doors and rejection I'm constantly fighting It's like they want me to throw in the towel Too many opinions Hate that I asked How could they know what's been put inside me They call me crazy They can't figure me out But honestly, I know that they're wrong Though I feel weak Something is strong Oh, inside of me So I'm not gonna quit Cause I, I've got something special inside Though I feel I've gotta keep trying Special inside 
And though I fell, I gotta keep trying Through the tears, yeah, I might be scared But I won't let fear win Cause I hear your voice inside Telling me, no, it's not a lie Yeah, I am Yes, I can And I promise I will, Lord, I will, I Do I have about five believers in the building who can say, it's been you. Mm. It's been you, God, that's been keeping me. God, it has been you that's been sustaining me. It's not me. It's not anything that I've done, but it's only because of Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness this morning who can glorify God that it is you that's the reason why I am here? Amen. Thank you so much for that song selection. And uh, man, my heart is just overjoyed. I'm so filled to the overflow because of all that has happened. Uh, Y'all have just showed up. Y'all have showed out. Uh, I want to shout out the pastors, especially my pastors. Where y'all at? Come on. Uh, All the pastors here. Amen. They have been here. They've been supporting all of the AY leaders who are here making this happen. Uh, this does not happen with everybody working, without everybody working together. And so we want to just say thank you so much. Listen, before we get into anything, can we just say a word of prayer? God, I ask right now that you would join your divine strength to my human weakness. I ask right now that Jesus Christ would be lifted up. And only what you would have said is what would be spoken, God. Pierce our hearts. I pray, Lord, for transformation to take place in this moment. We ask these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. Amen. And amen. Listen, I don't want to be before you long this morning. I know that we've gone through the workshops, which were awesome. We've had this session in here for the adults, which was awesome. We've been through all of this, but now we just want to kind of tie these things together. And I want to speak for a few minutes under the entitlement, the language of a love letter. The language of a love letter. And here is our key passage for today. Can everyone read this together? The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I need everybody to get that today. Once again, God is love. There is no love separate from God. There is no love apart from God because the essence of love is God. That's going to be critical for us today. And and the first thing I want to know is, have you ever written a love letter just by show of hands? How many of you have ever written a love letter? Okay, I see some hands. I see some hands. And and let me just say, these hands that are being raised are a little seasoned. Amen. Uh, In comparison, I don't see any of my young people. (laughs) I just call it like I see it. Amen. I'm just saying, I'm not seeing any of the young people raising their hands because generally we... You know, younger people don't write 
love letters. That, that's kind of something that seems a little bit dated. It seems uh, like it's out of style. You know, for many of us, I'm sure, in, the, in this younger generation, uh, the closest thing to a love letter you've ever written was, you know, do you like me? Right? And then you put the box yes, you put the other box no, and you send it, and you just hoping and praying, amen, for, for a positive response. Uh, a love letter is something that's kind of like old-fashioned, right? But there is something valuable about a love letter. I want to tell you uh, about a love letter that I wrote. But I need the parents to close your ears. Parents, close your ears for a second. This is only for the young people. I want to give this to you as a free gift, as a possible idea, especially for those who are going away. Here's what I did. My... Uh, it was my end of my senior year that summer, and I'm getting ready to now head to college. I was going to Oakwood University, everybody Oakwood, repping in the building, amen. So I was heading to Oakwood, and I was excited about it, but I got this idea, and here's what I did. As I was getting ready to go to Oakwood, I was like, man, I need to show my parents that I love them. And show my parents, show my brother. It's just the four of us in the house, my mom, my dad, my little brother, and myself. And I'm like, man, this is going to be an adjustment for them because we've always lived together. And now I'm not going to be here when we come back and so, uh, or when they come back. And so here's what I did. I took the time to write three different love letters to them. I wrote each of them. Like, parents, I heard the awes from the parents. Parents, you're closing your ears. You didn't hear that. All right, because again, I want, I want somebody to be able to use this later, amen? <laughs> Listen, I wrote each of them a love letter, and as we were getting in the car, getting ready to head to the airport, amen, but just before we got into the car, I ran back in the house when I knew nobody was else was going to come back inside, and I laid each of the letters on their pillows. I laid each of the letters on their pillows so that when they came back from the trip and they were getting ready to go to bed, they got there to their pillow, and they found these letters to them. And, and here's the thing. I, I wanted to be intentional to do this because my parents had spent so much time and energy pouring into me, loving on me. And I felt this responsibility that in this moment, even though I'm transitioning in my life, even though I'm about to gain my independence, I need to take the time to say thank you. I need to take the time to show love and appreciation back. You see, a love letter is special. My mom actually just brought this up with me like two weeks ago. She, she brought it up, and she was like, man, I can't believe you wrote that love letter for me. Because a love letter shows that there is a personal touch. It shows a different level of thoughtfulness. It shows a deeper level of thankfulness when we take the time to actually write something and give it to someone else. What I was trying to show my parents is that though I've received your love, I also want to give love back to you. Because how many of us understand that love is a two-way street? It's not sufficient for me to just receive love. I've also got to give love as well. And here's the critical question I want to ask each of my young people today. When is the last time that you wrote God a love letter? I don't mean that you would have had to sit there and actually put pen to paper and write a letter, but I'm asking, in other words, how many times, how, when was the last time that you actually tried to intentionally convey to God that his love is also a two-way street? That it's not enough for you to just receive God's love, but that you actually want to give love back to God. See, I believe that it's important for us to understand that we need to not just receive, but also be givers, because God is love and see what the verse says here is that if we don't show love we don't know God this is saying to us hear me today that love is a two-way street it's not enough for you to just be on the receiving end but now you've got to figure out what does it mean to show love back to God and here it is 
one of the ways that we give and receive love is through this, this thing that, that we call love languages. Anybody heard of love languages before, right? We have these different love languages, and here's what love languages are. Hear me. The ways that you give and receive love. That's the definition for a love language is just the ways that you give and receive love because each of us is unique. Each of us is made differently. And the ways that we give and receive love is also unique and separate. So the ways that I feel loved is different than the way that my wife, I, I'm so grateful my wife is here with me, amen. Uh, the ways that I receive love is different than the ways that she receives loves and vice versa. And what we have to be able to do is become well-versed in the other person's love language. But here's the critical point for us today. Uh, oh, let me go here first real quickly to explain what the five love languages are. There are five love languages uh, presented to us by Gary Chapman. Is that his name? I, I believe that's his name, Gary Chapman. Uh, the first one I want to touch on is just words of affirmation. Words of affirmation means that you feel love when there are verbal expressions of love and support. Right. So when somebody says, man, you're awesome, you're amazing, I appreciate you, that's words of affirmation. And when somebody receives that, like I'm words of affirmation. When somebody tells me that, when my wife tells me that, that makes me feel really good. That lets me know that I'm loved. Right. My wife's uh, love language is quality time. And so that means that she wants me to spend a meaningful time with her. You spend meaningful time with the person that you love. Some people, they receive uh, uh, love primarily through receiving gifts. Now, we, we got with this whole idea of receiving gifts, sometimes it can seem real superficial. It can seem like, man, you just want my money, right? But actually what the person wants more so than your money is the thoughtfulness attached to the money. In other words, that you are showing that you care about them enough that while they weren't around, you went and got them something that you thought would be beneficial, helpful, and loving towards that person. Some people, they, they want to receive gifts. Others want acts of service. That's actions that help you to show that you love the other person. Like how many of my married folk know that you love some acts of service? Amen. That you feel loved when the dishes get done. Amen. You're you going to feel love when they put the kids to bed so you can go on and rest. You're going to feel love when things around the house are taken care of because some of us, we, we operate through actions and the acts of service. And then finally, you have physical touch, which is being physically close to the person that you love, right? And then let me just go ahead and say this, free somebody, because some of my, <laughs> let me just say it this way. Physical touch is not necessarily limited to sexual touch. Amen. Oh, all right, it got quiet, but that's all right. Uh, in other words, that somebody just simply wants to know and feel physical affection. That doesn't mean that it has to go to that place. But sometimes you meet people who are like, man, I I'm a hugger, right? And that's often an indicator that they are looking for a physical touch as a way and a means of showing love. And here it is. No matter what your love language is, hear this today. I believe that God is fluent in every love language. God can speak every love language in amazing ways better than we can think or imagine. God is able to meet you where you are. He's able to give you the words of affirmation. He's able to give you the quality time that you need. He's able to give you the gifts that you need. He's able to do it all for you. But are you speaking a love language back to God? Are you taking the time intentionally to say, God, I want to express my love back to you? And so today, just for a few minutes, I want to share some practical ways that not only do we receive God's love, but we can also give these love languages back to God. Are you with me today, church family? Here it is. 
Number one, words of affirmation. There are some ways that God begins to express his love to us. And one of the best ways that you, if you are words of affirmation, you can feel God's love is just by simply looking in his word. He has given so many words of affirmation. I don't have time to read them all. But when you look in the word, you find in Isaiah 43, verse one, God says, but now thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, who has formed you, O Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. In first Peter two, verse nine, God says to you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation and a people for God's own possession. God is saying you matter to me. I love you. I appreciate you. God gives us words of affirmation through scripture. Not only does God give us words of affirmation through scripture, but God gives us words of affirmation because watch this. He conveys faith in us even when we fail. See, how many of us know that there are people that when you mess up, when you make a mistake, they give up on you real quick and easy. That when you, when you do something wrong, they will, they will cast you out. But how many of us are grateful this morning that even when you make a mistake, God still believes in you. He continues to say, I trust you. I have faith in you. I'm not giving up on you yet. I believe there's more in store for you. So God gives us words of affirmation. But the question is, how do we affirm God? Well, there's two ways I want to share. One is thanksgiving and the other is praise. Now, when you hear that, some of us might be thinking in our minds, well, uh, thanksgiving and praise, pastor, isn't that the exact same thing? But I want to share with you, there is a critical distinction between the two. You see, thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. So that means when God saves you from the car accident, you say, God, I thank you for what you've done. When, when God opens up a door of blessing, you say, God, I thank you for what you're doing right now. When God makes a way out of nowhere, you say, God, I thank you for what you're doing. That is giving thanksgiving. But there's another level. See, praise is a little bit different. Praise means, God, I'm not just thanking you for what you've done. Praise means, God, I'm thanking you for who you are. Mm. And there is a critical difference between the two. How many of us know that God is praiseworthy? That means you can just think about God and just say, God, you just awesome. God, you don't have to do a single thing for me, but simply because of who you are, I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to glorify you. God, you're a way maker in the desert. God, you can do things that nobody else can do. God, I praise you not because of what you've done, but simply for who you are. Can I say this to this? And, the, and I know I, I might be coming down your pew. I might get on somebody's nerves right here, but I need to say this anyway. The truth is we naturally talk about everything else except our faith. Mm. We use our words quite easily for everything else except for when it comes to talking about God. Like here's the challenge. Many of us, we will naturally talk about what happened to the Lakers this season. Mm. Come on, come on, come on. We, nobody has to prompt you to start talking about Kanye. It, where, where, how do you feel about Kanye? Is he crazy? Is he genius? Is he a crazy genius? Where, how do you feel about We will naturally enter into that conversation. How many of us can confess that we spent a whole lot of time talking about all 30 dimensions of the slap? Come on, I need some witnesses today. 
that we will naturally begin to talk about all these other things that are happening in our lives. But when was the last time you began to just tell your friends about how good God has been to you? When was the last time you started to just thank God for your parents rather than complaining about your parents? When was the last time you thank God for your grades and thank God for your home and thank God for forgiveness and thank God for your food that you just began to thank God for all that he has done? What I need us to get is that we have a responsibility to share words of affirmation with God through these two ways of praise and thanksgiving. Second way that I want, second love language I want to touch on is quality time. Quality time. You see, I'm amazed by this. God is so good that even though he is busy running the entire world, he will stop in a moment's notice when you pray. God says, listen. You matter so much to me that even though I'm trying to make sure World War III doesn't get started right now over in Ukraine and Russia, I will stop on the dime whenever you call on my name. Oh, I wish I had a witness in here today who could just thank God that even while you are here right now, when you begin to open your mouth and you call on Jesus Christ, he says, you matter so much to me. I will make the time for you right now. See, prayer is a way. That God shows us quality time. Another way that God shows us quality time is he says, every week I have carved out 24 hours to be able to spend with you. That's how much you matter to me. I will stop everything I have going on and I'm going to spend an entire Sabbath day connecting with you. That's quality time. God says, not only do I just want one day a week, but guess what? I want to walk with you every single day. I want to talk with you everywhere that you go. God says, I'm going to give you my abiding presence to continually keep you in every single situation. God makes it clear that he will give us quality time. But the question is, how do we give quality time back to God? Here it is. I'm moving quickly. But the first way is also through prayer. You see, when you understand quality time, quality time is really about communication. It's about making sure that we have open lines. It's making sure that we can keep on talking. And the truth is, many of us are deficient right now in our prayer lives because we only talk, but we don't take the time to listen. You see, in your prayer life, there should be an aspect of communication where God, you not only speak to God, but you take the time for God to be able to speak back to you. And there will be a difference in the quality time of your prayer life when you pause and you listen. Another way that that we have this quality time with God is devotion, spending time each day, each morning in his word. And thirdly, you will have this experience of quality time when we worship. When we spend time uh, uh, simply glorifying God. And here it is. The challenge with quality time is that it requires prioritization. Mm. I remember I told you, I told you, Pastor Wright, that my wife, her primary love language is quality time. And this is why it was difficult for me because I'm words of affirmation. I can say a few words. uh, If she says a few words to me, I'm good for the day, right? But what she needed was something different. And so as a pastor, Pastor Fields, you understand this. I would be out all day doing visitation. I would be out all day visiting the sick. I would be out all day doing Bible studies, right? And after I have spent all day with everybody else, I need somebody to get this today. After I spend all day with everybody else, I would come home and I want to sit on the couch and call it quality time with my wife. I say, all right, let's, let's put something on the television and we're just going to watch it together, right? And in my mind, it's quality time. In her mind, it's just time. 
because there's nothing quality about it. And so here eventually my wife, she began to share with me. She said, listen, I, I understand that you're trying, you're making an effort, but here's what I need you to do. It's not that I have an issue that you are spending time with me. My issue is when you're spending time with me. Woo, I need somebody to get this. She said to me, listen, what I need you to do is spend time with me. That same block of time, I need you to move that to the top of your day. I'm like, well, why? What, what, what difference is it going to make? She says, well, the difference is I don't want your leftovers. I want you at your best. I want you to give me the quality that I really need. And is there anybody in here who understands that God will not settle for your leftovers, but God is saying, I need you to put me first in your life and put me first in your time and put me first in your finances. That quality time requires prioritization. Let me keep moving. Third love language is receiving gifts, receiving gifts. And there are all different types of ways that God gives us gifts. How many of us know that simply the happiness and the joy that we experience is a gift from the Lord? See, some of us, we take that for granted, but we understand. Uh, we, we just had these sessions, these one-on-one sessions with counselors. Understand that, that mental health is a gift from God. Y'all know how many people right now are struggling with depression and stress and anxiety and all sorts of other illnesses. We cannot take it for granted that we have the abiding joy of the Lord. We have blessings on top of blessings. I don't even have time to get into all the blessings. And God gives us the gift of salvation. And you know how it's a gift? It's because it's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody missed that in the back. Like you can't work for a gift. You can't earn a gift, which means you cannot earn salvation. It's something that God simply gives you because he loves you in such an immense way. And here it is. We need to not only receive God's gifts, but now the question is, well, how do I give gifts back to God? I'm so glad you asked this morning. That's an excellent question. Here it is the answer. You don't give gifts to God. You return the gifts that he gave you. Somebody missed that. I need to run that back again. You don't give gifts to God. You return the gifts that God gave you. See, that's why Job was able to say, naked, I came into the world. And naked, I'm going to leave the world. You see, what Job was saying is that even though I've accumulated all this wealth, even though God blessed me with these children, even though God blessed me with a beautiful wife, guess what? I didn't earn any of this. This was all a gift that I got from God. And if God decides to take it back from me, it belonged to him in the first place. Therefore, I don't take gifts. I don't give gifts. I simply return them to the one who they belong to. Hear me, young people. This is why it becomes a struggle when we get this thing out of order. Because here it is. Some of us right now struggling with tithing offering. Can we be real for a second? Because here's where we get it twisted. We don't understand that the money is really God's anyways. All right, I'm going to stay right here for just a second. It's not your money. <laughs> so, so when we start to talk about this and we ask you, well, where did you get the money from? We, we got these whole long explanations. Well, I work at Amazon, and I put an extra shift in to make sure that I could get some overtime, and so I got the paycheck from Amazon. But, but can, can I just ask you, um, who gave you the ability to pack the boxes? 
Who, who enabled you to have the mind that would function at work? Who was it that allowed you to have the energy for the extra shifts that you were able to pull? You see, what I need you to get today is that your employer is simply the vehicle, but it's God who is the source of all of your increase and blessing. And so you are simply returning back to God what originally belonged to him. All right, let me come a little step closer to you. Like your talents, the gifts, and the abilities that God has given to you, those are a gift that belong to him. Some of you have been gifted in so many tremendous ways, not just in singing and in dancing, but in so many other areas, writing, and and, and you see up there creativity. It amazes me. It amazes me how people will put so much creativity into doing what's wrong. We, We will put a whole lot of forethought and effort into making sure that we can get away with some stuff. Right? You will make sure that you put creativity in making sure your parents never find out what you did. But that creativity came from God. And, and, and hear me, I'm serious when I say this. We need that creativity right here in the church. We need those gifts and talents right here in the church. We cannot make this happen without you all. I got two more. I'm almost done. But acts of service acts of service. Uh, Here it is. Um, Acts of service means that I am not just going to to say some different things, but I'm going to make sure my actions fall in line. So how does God give us service? Well, there's innumerable ways, but just a few. The first one I want to highlight is your health. Oh, I thought I'd get a little bit more help right there. God gives you your health. Like, understand, that's your physical health, that you don't have any ailments, you don't have any diseases. It doesn't matter your age. That does not exempt you from having illness, right? God gives you uh, uh, physical health. He gives you involuntary uh, uh, coordination in your body. So, so, like, we don't sit around all day and think about breathing. Do y'all understand that? God has wired you in such a way that you don't think about what's going on inside your body. You just trust that it's happening. And the only reason that it keeps on happening is because the God of the universe makes sure that the blood keeps on pumping and your lungs keep on expanding and your mind just keeps on turning and your body is able to keep on moving because God gives you that service. God gives us service not only in our physical and mental health, but also in protection. From dangers seen and unseen. That there are so many things that God has kept you from. That you don't even know about. God gives you that service. But how do we serve God? Well the first way. I know this has become like a curse word somehow. But but the word is obedience. (laughs) That, That when God says. Listen this is how I need you to serve me. This is what I need you to do. These are the sins I need you to not commit. That is how we serve the Lord. We serve God by also serving others, by being a blessing in the community. And thirdly, we serve God through the church. That's what Pastor Fields was talking about in his workshop, right? How do we see the church? How do we interact with the church? And here it is. God established the church to serve and to save the world. He gave us this gift, this blessing, not just of a building, but the church, like we talked about, is the people of God who are working together in order to make sure that salvation is brought to those who have no knowledge of what Jesus has done. And here's all I want to say. Hear me, my young people. I I need you to receive this. Hmm. Some of us have a whole lot to say about what's wrong with the church. 
But we're not willing to lift a finger to change the church. I got an issue with that. Hear me. We, we can talk about the judgmentalism. We can talk about the criticism. We can talk about the dysfunction. We can talk about the politics. But, but when it comes time to actually step up to the plate and make some things happen. Oh, y'all got quiet on me. That's all right. Here, I'm going to say this. and I'm going to move. I'm almost done, I promise. But I need you to hear me on this. I need you to learn to save your criticism until it matches your commitment. Listen, I'm trying to keep on moving. I see the time. I'm trying to keep on moving. But listen, I need you to hear me today that your actions speak louder than your words. They are more effective than your words. They are better than your words. And some of us got a whole lot to say. But I need you to step up. Listen, I was glorifying God to see the praise team here and to see those who were praise dancing and to see those who were involved in the workshops and to see you all there because we need actions. More than just words. Mm. Let, let me keep moving. Here's, here's the one that was most difficult for me to, to figure out, Pastor Hackle. I was trying to figure out, well, physical touch. Uh, I, I can't see God. I can't, I can't. How do I have physical touch with God? And here's what God laid on my heart. He said, well, listen, I give you something better than physical touch. I don't just want to physically touch you on the outside. God says, I want to live inside of you. In other words, it's not sufficient enough for me to give you a hug. God says, I want to come and live inside of your heart. And if you will open the door and allow me in, I will change you from the inside out. I will do things that you never thought possible. I will free you from some addictions. I will help you with some bad friends. I will help you with your decision making. I will do things that you never thought possible. God says, I want to go beyond physical touch to a physical presence. I want to actually live inside of you. And the question for us today, I'm done, is will you allow God to touch your life? See, the hardest thing with physical touch is, again, it's about being able to see the person, being able to smell, to use your five senses, right, to to know that they are there. And the difficulty in our relationship with God is you don't have those senses to rely on. You you can't see God. You can't touch God. But yet you are required to exercise faith and believe in a God who does not align with your senses. And here it is. The reason that I keep having faith and believing that I will have that physical touch with God it's simply because his word says so. Amen. The Bible says that, yeah, you, you can't touch Jesus right now because he's gone back to glory. But the good news is that one day, soon and very soon, Jesus will break through the clouds of glory. I wish I had some help right about now. He will break through the clouds of glory and my eyes will be able to see the one who I have loved on. I will be able to actually touch his hands and touch his feet and touch the nails that were in his hands and be able to see the scar on his side. I will be able to have physical contact with my Lord and Savior. 
I look forward to that. I look forward to the day when my love language is saved. It is purified. When I'm able to speak in perfect love to Jesus and he's able to speak back in perfect love to me. I want to be ready when Jesus comes again. And my question is, will you allow God to touch your life and to make you ready for that day? So I want to invite everybody to stand to your feet. We're done. And listen, even in the stillness of this moment, I believe by faith, God is still moving. God is working. And if so, if you feel that impression from God saying, God, I need you to touch my life. God, I need you to touch my heart. God, I know that there are some issues that I'm battling, some things I'm going through, God, that I desperately need your help for. If that's you and you say, God, I'm making a decision today that I'm going to walk in a new life, in a new path with Jesus. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to worry about what anybody else is going to think. I invite you to meet me right here at the altar. And all I want to be able to do is pray for you. I want to be able to ask God to meet you where you are. Come on, come on. I know that there is somebody here who is feeling that impression, who knows that you have not been speaking love back to God. You've had things to say about how you're frustrated, about how you feel, about whatever else is going on in your life. But you are struggling right now to feel that love from God and to give that love back to him. But I don't want you to delay or to wait. Again, I invite you to meet me here. I simply want to pray for you. Pray that God would be able to give you that special touch, that gift of the Holy Spirit right now. I won't hold this much longer. your spirit and your presence into our hearts. Lord, some of us right now have been trying to figure out what does this whole love thing mean? I've heard about the love of God. I've heard about how he cares for me, but I don't feel it. I don't know that I've ever experienced it, God. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that anyone who needs that special touch from you, that they would receive it now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking God that shackles would be broken. I'm asking, oh God, that people would be set free through the love of Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that uh, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. God, we claim that freedom right now in Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that those who have responded right now would not only uh, feel a change now, but going forward throughout the rest of their lives. God, I ask that you would have your way 
Bless this federation, God. Bless all of our young people here. Bless all of our adults here. Bless all of our seniors here. God, I'm praying that you would start a movement here that would continue to gain traction and bring souls into the kingdom until you break through the clouds of glory. God, I ask that what takes place here would never end. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. And amen. Amen, everybody. The song we're about to sing is a love letter to God. We're telling him that he's the best part in our lives. So I would like for you all, you may not know the words, but I would like for you to sing in your hearts with us as we sing this love letter to God. Wrapped in peace, tied with love, with his first breath, he rescued us. Endless joy to the world, lasting love so undeserved. What a gift we have in Jesus, unending joy, amazing love. This we know, you're still the reason and of everything. Jesus, you're the best part. A son was given, a child was born. So meek and lowly, our sovereign Lord. A life laid down, surrendered crown. Oh, to behold him is what we live for now. Just to behold him is what we live for now. What a gift we have in Jesus. Unending joy, amazing love. This we know, you're still the reason of everything. Jesus, you're the best part. What a gift we So here's our worship, 
And here's our love, our surrender, have all of us. Let us adore you, O Christ the Lord, Son of God, Son of Man, the living Word. So here's our worship, here's our love, our surrender, have all of us. Let us adore you, O Christ the King, Son of God, Son of Man, the living Word. Here's our worship, here's our love, our surrender, have all of us. Let us adore you, O Christ the Lord, Son of God, Son of Man, the living What a gift we have in Jesus, unending joy, amazing love, this we know you're still the reason, of everything, Jesus, you're the best Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are the best part. Jesus, you are the best part. Beautiful song right there. Beautiful song. Give him a hand. Love language, huh? Love language, huh, Pastor? I used to hearing about that from R&B artists, not from a pastor, so I, you know, I like that. Uh, Tyler and offering time as the deacons come forward. Um, on the screen, should be a cash out to either EAY or the top.
you, Lord, for bringing us together today on this lovely day to worship you. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership of the AMI leaders, and thank you, Lord, for calling us to reach out to you. Ask, Lord, there's more money that we receive today, tell us, Lord, that you help us multiply, Lord. Not, not that we just use it just to have fun with, Lord, but at the reach of the people to bring people to Christ. Ask, Lord, that we do it in a way that attracts to you, Lord, at the same time, Lord, we don't compromise your word. In your son's name I pray, amen. because we're coming to a close. <laughs> I hope you guys are blessed. Um, from the beginning to the very end, when the last person walks out the door, I think God has been here. I think everyone has felt that. And I'm going to challenge for those who didn't feel it to consider the love languages because he was speaking. He is speaking. Um, so I just want to thank you guys for coming out. Um, there are so many people who God has placed in my life at this time to make this happen for his people. And I just am so grateful to be a hand because that's all I am, a hand. But I'm so grateful for all the other hands and the community that we have that's been able to pour into this. And I pray, I pray, I pray that this is not the last, but this is just the first of many. Um, so at this point though, because we've done some things and some of those things were a little untraditional, I'm curious to find a little bit more about our youth that are in our family. So I'm gonna ask for those who have devices, if you can pull your devices out, can I, can I see the devices? I'm not going to knock on the Androids. I'm an iPhone user. <laughs> I just had to say it, Pastor Hackle. I just had to say it. But if you have your devices, I'm going to ask that you guys, right now, at this moment, go to the internet right now and go to saya.org. And if you go to saya.org, um, go scroll all the way down, and I believe um, at some point, if you're on, for those who are online viewers, if you are on a computer, it should pop up immediately after. Um, but you should scroll down, and as you scroll down, you should see, give me one second, a survey that's available through EAY. And I'm going to do it with you guys to make sure that we're seeing the same thing. So if you scroll down and you don't see anything popping up, then I'm going to ask that you click on, first of all, do you guys see it? Do you see a survey? Yeah, the website. So are you at the website? All right, awesome. So what do you see? Do you see something popping up saying survey for EAY? You don't see anything? That's all right. So I need you to go to register. One second. Okay, some things have some moved around. I'm seeing something different on my. Okay.
So it worked before. Let's see what's going on now. Pastor Rogers. He's doing what he normally does. He's on the on the keys right now. Pastor Rogers, we're not seeing um, the survey pop up. I checked it before and I don't see it now. So is it available? It should be available. Okay. So as we get this worked out, what I'm going to ask is that, um, so you may be wondering what the survey is about. So you're going to see on the survey, once you get to it, um, there are going to be some questions that are asked. I'm going to ask that you put your names in. If you absolutely don't want to put your name in, that's fine. But this is for all of our youth, and the age bracket is defined on the survey. I'm trying to get an understanding of what our youth are interested in. Which basketball? Okay, I think that's that may be on there. It may be listed as sports. Um, but just your interest, right? And you may say, well, how does this apply to anything that we're doing? Because surely we don't have the funds right now to be able to do all of the events that are listed there. Um, but what this does for our AY leaders and for the leadership is gives us an understanding of what your interests are so we can better then communicate with you. Because no matter what the topic is, whether it's cars, whether it's basketball, a program can be created in your language to reach you about who God is. Okay? Did you guys hear that? So I want you to see that God is fun. God is able. Okay, do you guys see what they are seeing on the screen? You're not seeing that, Pastor Rogers. You don't have iPhones. My mother said, <laughs> "Really?" Um, so did he? Okay, so he's he's looking into it. I'm sorry, you guys. But there's a survey, and if you notice, what you will see is this pop up at some point. I will touch back with you, and it says EAY survey. Fill it out. Um, if you are a parent um, and you have little ones who do not have devices that fit within that age range. I'm asking that you put the number of children that you're responding for and then also the age brackets that you're responding for so I can get an understanding of what the demographics are for our youth and what their interests are accordingly. Okay? So as we, um, we'll just wait on that and I, th I know for sure that the computer, if you go on an actual computer, um, this is available, this pops up, we may have some differences. You found it? You have to go on the desktop? Okay. I'm sorry, you found it? Okay, okay. So our young people, this is what we need because I am so like tech unsavvy. All right, you want to share with us how you got there? Oh. <laughs> so what'd you click on? Um, okay, so I'm on the iPhone setting. I don't know if it's like available for Androids, but I basically just pressed the little. <laughs> I basically just pressed the little uh, two A's that's on the bottom of the screen. Okay. So this. So you go, okay. So basically, in the space where you would type in the website. Yeah. ID, so yeah. You just press the. Uh, the yeah, the two A's. So and it pops up then. And then you press the request mobile website. Well, request de desktop oh, so website. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm sorry. So what she's saying is for your settings, and I apologize for this because I thought we were able to do it just, just through the device, but what she's saying is on your settings, on your um, phones, when you get to that site, you have the ability to change the view, um, whether or not you're on a mobile view or you're on the desktop view. And if you change it to the desktop view, you'll see this pop up, okay? And if you don't, what we'll do is we'll make sure your AY leaders, for those who are not able to, we'll make sure your AY leaders get the information to you guys. Um, so that you can do it later. I apologize for that. Um, for those who do not have access to it right now, and if you do not have a device, or for that matter, are able to uh, switch over to the to the um, the desktop version, okay? But I'm going to ask that you make sure that you get this done. I'm going to ask that it can be done within a week. So we're going to try to make sure all of the information that goes to our AY leaders. We do have the direct site to the survey. Um, that, but unfortunately, I don't have everyone's number to be able to send it to them. Um, so what we'll do is just offer it for the next week, and we're going to ask that you get that done. Um, and this is really just going to help us better understand how to reach you guys. So I would appreciate that. One last note: um, there are so many people whose people's um, people whose hands have gone into this, and I just want to thank you guys for from everyone from the first start start of. Um, thinking about what we're gonna to do to the actual execution. And last but not least, for everyone who showed up in person and on and online, it would not have been anything like this had you guys not come. So I wanna thank you. It should be coming up eventually. Yeah. It should be available now. Okay, so if you guys can check. Um, and just make sure you get it done hopefully within the week. That way we can report out to each individual church what you guys want to do, right? Because if he said, if you don't talk to us, then how do we know how to communicate properly to you guys to be effective? Um, so one last thing um, tonight. Many of you are wondering, what's going on tonight? Or do you guys know? What's going on tonight? Bowling. Bowling. Okay. So do you guys know where it is? Okay, so it's there now. He's placed it on there. So it is there now, and it says EAY survey. Um, so Kingpin Lanes is where it is, and that is not too far from 270 and the Rock Road. Um, the address is 1721. No, that's where we are right now. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, the address is 12. See, I got top of my mind right now. 12249 Natural Bridge Road. <laughs> Uh, we will be there at 8 o'clock. Please come. Uh, we have it for two hours, so please be prompt. For those who have registered, um, just show up. Make sure um, that you check in with one of our AY leads so that we can get you um, the, what you need in order to bowl. For those who have not yet, Pastor Rogers, I'm not sure we've hit that max. We, we're at the max. It's like one or two spots left. Um, that's a blessing. That's a blessing, right? One or two spots left. So we're asking that you guys come out, just have fun. If you don't want to bowl, you just want to just hang out with us. I'm inviting you guys out tonight, okay? All right, so with that being said, I have nothing else. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to the next best and greatest thing God has for all of us. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us stand as we close out our time in a word of prayer. Thank you so much to our, can we give it up for our AY, our, our president, 
Sister Miranda Steele, we praise God for you. Awesome job. Thank you so much. All of our presenters, we thank God for you. Did we have an amazing praise team? Amen. We had an awesome time today. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, again, we thank you so much for allowing us to gather here today. We thank you for just a spirit-filled um, federation. Um, the youth um, pray that they will leave here, Father God, knowing that they have been connected and cared for. Pray, O oh God, that as we travel, that you will grant us mercies of travel, that you will bring us back again, even at the event tonight, that you will send your angels even now, dispatch them now to surround the place and the space that we will be fellowshipping. Again, we thank you so much for the spoken word through the speaker, Pastor Rogers. We thank you for him. Um, continue to guide us, we pray. We will be ever so mindful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and consider yourselves dismissed after our president. One other thing, um, there are some resources as you exit, resources for our families uh, that we want to make sure they're available to you. Okay, and before you leave, everyone, before you leave, and I need to, a little bit of quiet. So Tabernacle Praise, Tabernacle Praise has a community counseling center. We have professional people who are over the programming. So right now we're doing um, our 12 steps to success. If you want to be more successful, we're giving out strategies, ideas, ways, and means of um, becoming more successful. We also have some upcoming events coming out. We need to get the, um, the calendar to everyone. Uh, in October, we are doing a Never Alone um, Suicide Prevention Conference here in St. Louis. Uh, right now, it's all virtual. I'm considering after seeing this, uh, <laughs> considering it being in person as well as virtual. But if you know people, they don't have to be church members and they are dallying or have that problem with suicide in their families, we want them to know how to work with those people, how to work with their children and the family members to prevent suicide. Suicide is increasing in the black community. We want to stop it before it gets too far. So that's in October 29th, October 30th. Look for more information. Thank you very much.